I know it's been a little while since you've heard these words, but welcome back to the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. What you're listening to now is a backlog of all the content that we created throughout our busy holiday season. As you probably could have guessed, everyone had some different schedules, and we took that as an opportunity to create a couple of new segments, bring on a few guest hosts, and then generally experiment with the show. So if you're looking for the newest content with some relevant information to the Christmas to New Year's period, go ahead and just skip to episode 23 where we discuss early signing day, some of the bowl games, and we bring on another surprise guest. If you're interested in our takes throughout the season, start right here with our week 7 and 8 discussions. Now, I love doing these intros, but I thought we'd pass it off a little bit and start our journey through the backlogs with a new special guest. Introducing Tracy. On today's episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast, we have a brand new sexy voice bringing you the introduction. Notre Dame continues to destroy my heart. Michael Penix has overtaken Caleb Williams to be the Heisman favorite. Can he do this all year, or will his hopes and dreams come crashing down? And finally, finally, after weeks and weeks of waiting, we have our very first week of Mac on Mac action. And now, Freelancer. Welcome to the 15th episode of the Great Lakes Gridiron Podcast. We have a very special episode today. To begin with, Connor couldn't make it to today's recording, so we replaced him with our good friend Tracy. Tracy, welcome. You know, from the Great White North, from the Last Frontier. Welcome. Yes. So thank you. Thank uh, you. So with me for this episode is Benji and Tracy. How are we today, guys? Doing great, Tracy. What time is it up there in um, Alaska? It is 4.39. Wow. Is the sun out? Or are you guys in the 30 days a night yet? I am getting a nice, beautiful sunset right now. I've got oh, about, man. you know, another month before I never see the sun again. So how long do you go from, like, what is it, November to March not seeing the sun? Uh, usually it's about a month of no sun, at least where I'm at, because I'm further south. But yeah, most places up north, you never see it. And I get, you know, probably about an average of two hours of sunlight over the winter. Day. Is, it, is it true that uh, during the 30 days of night, vampires come out? <laughs> it is very true. Thankfully, there are Josh trees Arnett. all over the place here. So it's very easy to make yourself some steaks, keep you safe. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, but That's uh, good movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Tracy, for filling in for Con today. He had a, fam- a prior family obligation. He's actually doing his tour of of uh, Death Valley, Clemson, right now. He's actually at his stadium tour, and you know, I went there fifteen years ago, fifteen-ish years ago, sixteen years ago, where I saw JJ uh, Watt catch a pass—not a touchdown pass, but just a pass—and saw and, and very. He was very close. So we, we did fact check that he did get in the red zone. It was a catch in the red zone. Dude, I've I've tweeted that link at and tagged him in it two or three times now, and he just hasn't responded. (laughs) Come on, on, man. I know. He needs to. He's probably an avid listener of this podcast. He probably has seen that tweet and has gone, God damn it. Wow, (laughs) I didn't score. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's probably honestly what it was. He's like, man, yeah. why are we showing something where I don't score? He, he remembers that play 100%. Oh, easily. Because I don't think he ever played at Clemson ever again. Like, like it's it's really funny, too. And uh, we'll get into... We're going to jump right back into the podcast. Uh, into the teeth of the podcast here. But I do want to say, isn't it funny that you look at most of these bigger, you know, power five schools and they rarely get big road non-conference games. Like, yes, this year you had Texas, Alabama and you had, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio state, but those are like one-offs, right? You look at like these smaller, you know, Mac schools, Mac schools go to big schools all the time. You know, we went to Michigan state this year and Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, we essential played, I think Georgia, one year, then maybe that's uh, Auburn. I I forgot who they played. Um, but yeah, they. I think it was like 2010 or 2011. They might have played them. But yeah, it's just it, it's crazy how you know Bowling Green last year played Tennessee, and then Bowling Green played Georgia Tech this year. It's just crazy to me that like I get it that these big schools have their conference games and their big in conference games where they can go travel. It's just funny to me that you know you look at like strength of schedule non conference. These smaller schools have the toughest non-conference <laughs> strength yeah. of schedule games. And, and I, I feel like out of the group, group of five conferences, the MAC gets the most – like the MAC plays SEC schools literally all the time, and it seems like it might even be more than even the Sun Belt. Yeah, I mean, Kent State played at Georgia last year. So Yeah, seriously. But uh, Tracy, like I said, thank you for filling in for Connor. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to come on the podcast today. Of course. So, I decided to join these guys since I knew them from CMU. Go Chippewas. And I am from Alaska, born and raised. So I am the expert at when it comes to playing football in the snow, which is very important analysis for these Mac games that will soon be coming up. Yes, very <laughs> much so. Buffalo. And yeah, and so I will be providing that analysis as well as getting this group off of the Buffalo bandwagon because Connor is gone. So we can talk as much shit about them as we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have to. yeah. Especially after this week, but we'll, you know, we'll get into that. You know, today's episode outside having a placeholder for Connor is a great one as it's the full, as it's the first full recap of a max slate, no non-conference games, Benji strictly max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strictly matching from here until December third, and you know what a what a weird wacky week it was, you know. But before we jump into that, let's take you know a good five ten minutes to talk about the rest of the college football landscape. And I think we have to start with that mega matchup of Washington versus Oregon. I think Michael Penitz Jr. sealed his Heisman fate. You know, I think he's going to win the Heisman unless there's a catastrophe down the line where he gets injured. I think he's going to win the Heisman. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, Tracy, oh, I, no, I know was... you like Washington being. Oh, sorry, Benji. I was gonna say I know Tracy likes Washington being up in from the Northwest too. So, yeah. Oh yeah, and Washington I... is the most obvious game to go to. Yeah, and I, I, I think that I when the Big Ten added USC and UCLA, I kind of thought it was inevitable that those two were gonna join, and I think uh, it was a good move at the time to add them over the summer, and I think that it that investment has even paid off. Already now, um, I think they're going to both be a good uh, addition to the Big Ten with the other two. Um, looking at this schedule, though, uh, 
for this week. I'm so excited. This is rivalry week. You know, we got the third Saturday in October, Alabama, Tennessee. Yep. You got um, Ohio State, Penn State. That's for uh, the, the battle for the second place in the Big Ten. Um, <laughs> uh, Duke, Wisconsin, Florida State, man. Yep, Duke, Florida State. You got uh, you got Wisconsin and Illinois. That's the Brett Bielema game. Um, <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State, obviously, for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Not confused with the axe. That's a different rivalry in the Big Ten. Um, Ole Miss. Uh, calling the hookers on the burner. <laughs> Ole Miss Auburn. Uh, I laughed at that. I made that up uh, just now, and I was. I'm still laughing. But um, <laughs> Minnesota Iowa for the greatest rivalry trophy in all of football. The Florida Rosedale, it's literally a bronze pig. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, over under 32 and a half, and you better go put all your money on the under there because there's uh, going to be no points scored. That is just sickening. That is just yeah. sickening, sickening to hear. You know, yeah. I, but like I said, I, the, the biggest takeaways I have, you know, like I said, Michael Penix, he won the Heisman. He pretty much won the Heisman this week. Uh, USC still can't play defense, and Tracy, I'll let you yep. dive into that here soon as you're a big Notre Dame fan outside CMU. Uh, you know, Michigan dominated. Georgia kind of slept walk, though. You know, their offense only goes through Brock Bowers, and he just got hurt, and he might be out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, you know, UNC had a good game, but Miami, you know, we roasted them in the last episode because Mario Cristobal is not a good coach. He's a great recruiter, not a good coach. Oregon State had a great game against UCLA, and you know, all those teams I just mentioned, US, uh, North Carolina, Oregon State, Washington, they all took care of business at home against ranked opponents. Um, and one thing I think I told Benji this in our group chat over the weekend is it's kind of funny. You look at the Big Ten expansion, right? They're adding Washington, Oregon, UCLA, USC. Tell me why USC might be the worst program they're adding in football. I think, I think, they, I think in terms of football being ready to come in and compete right away, I think they are they are at the worst spot right now. Um, Tracy, what do you think? From do you think Washington can come straight in and compete? Uh, I think early on next year they're going to struggle just a little, just because Penix is going to be gone after this year. So the starter is going to be a true freshman for them. So was it? He's eighteen years old, hasn't started in college yet. So I think he's going to need a couple games to get wet his feet and get going. But once he does, Washington's defense will continue to hold up. I'd say they should be able to get at least eight wins in their first year. And yeah. it will just go up from there as the quarterback gets more experienced. Yeah. I think uh, in the Big Ten next year, there's like Michigan will probably have a new quarterback. Um, Oregon will have a new quarterback, USC. Um, UCLA won't. You know, UCLA will have uh, Dante Moore, right? He'll, yeah, yeah. If, he does, if he doesn't lose his uh, jump, jump in the portal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a whole other can of worms, right? Yeah, there, but that's a that's a whole off season thing. But yeah, yeah, you know, like like UCLA, you know, they actually it's funny with them having uh, Chip Kelly as our head coach. You would think that they have a great offense. They have a great defense this year, and I yeah. think that's something that these four teams, well, the three other teams are going to have to learn about the Big Ten. Is I mean, you look at Ohio State, right? Ohio State's got Ohio State is built to beat Georgia, is built to beat these other teams. 
but they can't beat Michigan because they get dominated up front. And you can't survive in the Big Ten if you get dominated up front. And USC gets dominated up front every single game. Tracy, I waited for this. I'm going to let you take it away. (laughs) Give us the, give us your breakdown, the Notre Dame USC game. Cause like I said, outside CMU, Notre Dame's your second team. Let, let the, you know, let our fan base hear it from you. Tell us what you were thinking, what you want. Just tell us everything Notre Dame, you know? Well, what I was thinking as I was watching this game was where the fuck was this when we played Louisville <laughs> and Ohio State? Like, are you USC? Yeah, we all know USC's defense is the epitome of Pac-12 defense or Pac-12 defense and that it doesn't exist. It, You know, these guys are just terrible at it. And, you know, it wasn't like Notre Dame's offense was lights out. You know, they had 251 yards total of offense. Yeah, they so they weren't rolling. It was, you know, they forced Caleb Williams to constantly turn the ball over. They, you know, they forced fumbles. The, the defense dominated and Sam Hartman was his usual game manager self. He made good passes, didn't throw anything away. And Notre Dame Man, they really really could have Used this game last week against Louisville to keep themselves yeah. in the playoffs instead of showing up once they were already out. Do you? My question for you is: Do you think it's a Marcus Freeman offensive type system as to why Sam Hartman is not excelling to what he did at Wake Forest? Because you know he was the talk of the off season. You know mm-hmm. Notre Dame was a quarterback away from competing for a national title. That is what everyone heard in the off season. And what happened? They got a quarterback. They got a top, what was believed to be a top 10 college football quarterback in Sam Hartman. And what's the difference from last year? You know, you're probably going to go 10 and two. I mean, you went 10 and two last year, right? Or did you go nine and three last year? Like it's eight and four, eight and four. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit of a improvement, but that's not Notre Dame standards. And that's not what you, Tracy, that's not what you expected when Sam Hartman came and you expected 12 and 0 or 11 and one. Oh yeah, I I expected playoffs, man. That was because yeah. we get Sam Hartman for one year. He's a one year rental. Defense is lights out. The wide receivers actually have some experience this year, unlike last year. So I was expecting playoffs. Your running back's awesome. Estime's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, Estime's incredible, incredible. And yeah, it's Sam Hart. He Sam Hartman's great. Yeah, Marcus Freeman has just. He's made some very questionable decisions. We, yeah, you've already gone over that with the Ohio State game about oh, yeah, the time management. Run the fucking ball. Yeah, like, that was that was just terrible. And yeah, Louisville, he just that was just I, a, 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 a tough game in like the worst spot. Yeah, you're, you you played a tough game on the road the week before. Mm-hmm. You need like kind of a, a break. Well, I, mean, we, I mean, you look at what just happened to Louisville, right? You know, any given week, anything can happen, right? Louisville just, mm-hmm. you know, on paper didn't get trounced by Pittsburgh, but you look at the score, 38-21. That's a trouncing. You lose by more than two touchdowns. You got beat badly, but you look on paper. I mean, they were they were in the red zone probably six, seven times. You know, I'm looking at the box score. They had 430 combined yards against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had less than 300. You're supposed to win that game, but they didn't yeah. because of turnovers. Yep. So yeah, I, I think I, I don't think Louisville is that great of a team. I think they were 
they knew Nerdane was coming in. Yeah, and they got up for that, for that game. It's like the per- when uh, Brown was at Purdue. He's a great coach. He's a great yeah. coach. He can get his he can get his players ready, but he always knows how to drop that one game that he should win, and that's why I don't think he'll ever be you know, to the elite status. He can be a great head coach, but he'll never be an elite because he can't win those. He can't beat Pittsburgh when you're supposed to beat Pittsburgh after a Notre Dame win. You know, Louisville could have made the playoffs this year if they went undefeated, right? Not anymore. Their season's kind of done. Yep. So, but, you know, that's it for the rest of the landscape. Uh, Now that you're filled in with the headlines, let's get into the Mac, boys. And, you know, the first game we're going to talk about, you know, this week we had our upsets, we had our close matchups, and you know you had one specific team just dominate. But we're going to start with our boys up in Mount Pleasant. It was homecoming up there. Hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope everyone had a good time. It looked fun. But the injury bug is starting to take a toll, and you know it almost cost us this game. CMU survived 17-10. You know We had to stop beating ourselves if we want a chance to play in detroit in december you know turnovers 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 we keep committing them we got to stop them um you know benji you you texted me perfectly and you said we just got to get out of this game yeah i mean like and i've i've compared this team to it reminds me of a lot of michigan football in 2021 um they they had i remember they had a game against Rutgers where they didn't complete a pass in the second half and it was a seven-point game. It was twenty to thirteen, and they just had to find a way to make a make a stop and get the game over with, which they did. I felt the same way here. You're turning the ball over. It's just a sloppy game. People are getting hurt. Um, you know, I did think the defense made uh, that stand at the end, even though they backed uh, Akron into their own end zone. I I do think they can definitely grow from from that. Um, but I mean, you just got to get through, you had to get through last week, get through this week and then, uh, the real season starts. Tracy. Yeah. Jace Bauer needs to stop being a turnover machine, man. In the first half, he threw two interceptions. He would have had a third if they didn't call pass interference and he fumbled the ball. Thankfully, they were able to recover. But man, he he did not look comfortable in that first half. It you know, Akron was bringing extra pressure. He he was constantly rolling out to the sideline, and just the passes when he did that were ugly. He needs to be able to stay in the pocket and deliver because that's when he's at his best. And yeah, the injuries that was. Yeah, was it? We lost two running backs. We lost. You know, we lost. Bra- oh, we lost Bailey and Luke's. Um, yeah. I think Bailey came back later in the game. I think so too. I think he may have played like the last drive or the yeah. drive before that. So thankfully, his isn't serious. Luke's though. That yeah, that he could be out for a bit. And then what is it? Um, Moretti, the linebacker. Moretti, yeah, was yeah. That was horrible. He had just made an, a fantastic tip. To get an interception. That just incredible play. And to see him go down on that, that was just heartbreaking. Hopefully he isn't out for too long, is able to come back, but the defense has been fantastic. It the offense, we just gotta stop turning over the ball. If we can stop turning over the ball, we'll look just so much better and we'll be able to compete more. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought the the Moretti injury up. And, you know, hopefully it's not too long. I will say, luckily for CMU this week, hopefully this week, right? I mean, because after this Mm -hmm. week, who knows in the MAC? You know, this week they play Ball State. And we'll get more into that about how they played Toledo, and we'll do the previews on that. And then they, and then CMU plays NIU. And, you know, I feel like those two games go, and then we play at Western. So those three games, you know, we, we said they should be wins before the year. And so if Moretti's out those three games, I think we can still survive, but he has to be back for that Ohio game in November. He has oh, to be. Yeah. Otherwise we have no chance. I think the next three weeks are just about surviving and, and, and advancing. If you yes. can get, get, go through and over here, you'll have literally every, you could, you're you playing for an opportunity to go to Detroit in those last two weeks, basically. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and uh, Tracy, another thing about Jace Bauer that I'll say, and then we can move on, is that it seems like he now knows that he's the starter, yeah. like glorified starter, and nothing can challenge him. You know, when he was with South Alabama, that South Alabama game he played was phenomenal. That was probably some of the, like I said, some of the best quarterback play I've seen since Dan LaFevert in that game. And it makes you think, and against Eastern, you know, he played well, you know, he played better than he's played better against Eastern than what he did against Buffalo and Akron. And it makes you think, you know, does he know Burt's not going to come back in? Does he know Burt's hurt and Burt is injured and, you know, Burt is not going to come back in and play. So he's just kind of relaxed and like, you know what, I can do whatever I want. I'm the starter. I don't know if that really has a, you know, I don't really know if that's his mindset. I don't think it is right. You, you wouldn't think it, but it could be. It could be. He, who who are we going to bench him for? Yeah, it, no one. It's Yeah, as long as Burt is injured, it, it would take a lot to get him off the field. As, hopefully, you know, this has just been, he hasn't been comfortable in the pocket, and he's just rushing things a little, and he'll be able to get back. Thankfully, these next couple games that are going to be against easier opponents, so he'll have a chance to back bounce back. And before we get into the real tough part of the max schedule for us, and before we though leave this game though, I would like to say um, Tristan Matson, the CMU kicker, he has a leg. Accuracy is bad, but but he's got a leg. He's got a leg. Yeah. I would I do want him to get benched just because his backup Josh Rolston is from Chugiak, Alaska. Oh, I want to oh, see wow. that Alaska boy out there. Oh man, I, I don't know if he can kick a sixty yarder like what Madsen did, man. And he he hit that fifty eight yarder, and he cleared that by like five yards too. Oh, it, like he, if he can work on his accuracy, man, like that's a weapon in the MAC. That's yeah, an absolute absolutely. weapon. All you have to get is to the forty, and you guarantee you get three points. Like that that changes how teams play against you forever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think your Alaska boy is going to come in. I'm sorry, Tracy. Uh, probably not. That's okay. He's still got a couple years of eligibility. So, you know, maybe he Transfer goes portal. somewhere else. Transfer yeah. portal. Yeah. Um, next we're going to talk about is Eastern Michigan versus Kent State. You know, this is also Eastern's homecoming. They got it done 28-14. And what is more action than the way this game started, guys? Um <laughs> it was it was so it was so funny. Kent State tries to do a surprise onside kick for Eastern to just run it back for a touchdown. You know, through the first quarter, Eastern Michigan had three yards, seven points, nine plays. Kent State had about twenty plays, one hundred and thirty yards, and zero points. 
if that's not more maxion, I don't know what more you want. Because you never know what to expect with these games. Benji, like, <laughs> when, when I saw that, like, literally, when, like, so I looked at the score, because I was watching the CMU game at the time. I was like, oh, 7 nothing. They ran the kickoff back. And then I was like, they only took six seconds off running the kickoff back? Like, normally, no, you know and that? That, 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 when I got that text that, that, that they had taken it back, I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was matching, but it was even more ridiculous when I saw the actual, actual oh, yes. highlight. Because <laughs> <laughs> they almost recovered it. They almost recovered it. Uh, yeah, it, it, that, that I, uh, no comment, man. It's it straight like, to go on. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a very interesting decision. I can't, uh, start things off uh i mean no one was definitely expecting it you know and i it would have been great if they had caught it i don't know though even if they had got it if anything would have came out from it because their starting quarterback alimo or alamo however you pronounce it he got benched pretty early in this game after not playing good at all that so i don't is bad yeah so i don't know even if they had got it if they had even been able to march forward a little bit to get a field goal so you know it was kind of a high risk very very low reward yeah but it was certainly entertaining at least i do like the i do like the idea of it though you know i i think you know kenny burns like i said tracy you know this we love kenny burns on this podcast we think he's gonna be a great coach at kent state um you know, I, he definitely told his team we're coming out and kicking the onside. You know, he told him that the whole week, and I like that. You know, I like that you're like, hey, let's try to steal a possession. Let's let's catch him off guard. And like I said, they were actually like, it actually was almost close enough to where it's like, oh, that almost worked. It wasn't like such a bad onside that you're like, oh, well, why'd you try it? It actually was like, oh, that actually like you guys actually practiced this this week, and yeah, and it almost worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it did it. And I, I'll, I'll give, I'll give uh, Kenny Burns and Kent State some credit because they're they're not a good football team. They're in a a tough rebuild, but they're still out there competing. Um, it doesn't look like they've really laid an egg or given up like we've seen other uh, schools in the MAC do this year against uh, SIU. Uh, <laughs> don't forget, uh, but you know. They are so proving you wrong week by week. By the way, ever uh, since you called them out. Oh, um, I wait till we get to that game. I have, I have some thoughts, <laughs> but, but I think, I think, I think they're Kenny Burns is building a culture. Um, even though they're not winning right now, and they might not be winning probably the next year or two. Um, Long term, this is probably the best thing for uh, Kent State in terms of a rebuild after they lost their entire team to the portal. Essentially, yeah. I mean, Tez yeah. Walker. You know, we saw how great he was in that UNC game. Three yeah. touchdowns. Former Kent State guy, just coming out on the big stage in a ACC marquee matchup, prime time, getting three yeah. touchdowns. I and mean, they lost the receiver to Penn State. They lost a running back to Ball State, quarterback to UCLA. Like, I mean, it's, that's the talent that you know, Tracy. Like you said earlier, you, you love the Mac. That's the talent that we have here in the conference, and we just unfortunately keep getting poached. Yeah, this transfer portal has, it's really hurt the Mac in being able to keep our own talent. It's, you know, once guys have a good year here, all the big schools come calling. That's why 
I like um was it Gabbert's decision not to leave? Yeah. I think that was fantastic that we were able to keep that talent. But yeah, a lot of other guys, it's you know, the big schools come knocking, a little NIL money is shown their way and we just we lose the talent. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean uh, like and going back to Lou Nichols last year, he mm-hmm. got he got multiple offers from SCC schools. Uh cash offers. And I'm glad and I'm glad he stayed. And, yeah, Tracy, absolutely. Tracy, what's your take on this game, though? I know you said earlier that they probably weren't going to score, but besides the quarterback getting benched, any anything else you want to say? <laughs> Eastern Michigan needs to figure out their rush game. Man, they were they rushed thirty seven times for a hundred yards, it, just over two yards a kick. That that's not good. You you can't rush like that against the higher up teams in the mat. You just aren't going to be able to win that game. So they got to figure that out. You know, the quarterback play was also pretty atrocious. You know, 33% completion rating. That's not great. But, I mean, they're getting it done. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's crazy that, like, you know, we, Tracy, you heard on earlier episodes that we thought Easton was a dark horse, right? And <laughs> I wouldn't say that we were necessarily wrong on it because, you know, they're still winning, right? They didn't beat CMU, but they're taking care of business. But it's just not pretty. It is just not pretty how they do it. And, it, and you almost like, like you, you almost think like, how? how? How do they keep winning these games? Because it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense how they keep winning these games. I think it's the culture that Chris Creighton uh, has built there. They're just a hard-nosed team. That's going to win ugly. I mean, I think coming into the year, we kind of thought that they'd actually be, and not that they're they're still a contender, but we thought they'd be up there with Toledo contending wise. Um, and I don't think they're they're there, uh, but they're still a team that you you're not going to want to play every week. You're going to have to buckle your chin straps and come ready to go mm-hmm. for sure. I, I can't wait till we see him next week against Western. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very, very interesting game. We'll we'll preview that on next week's uh, episode. But uh, game three of the recap is probably the most confusing game of all on Saturday. You know, we thought there would be a lot of points because both defenses can't stop the run. And for whatever reason, they decided they could stop the run this week. And it's one of those things where like i want our listeners to like trust us and talking about like you know we do actually know what we're talking about but then games like this happen and it's like oh these guys have no idea what they're talking about but we do listen there is no way if they play this game 10 or nine more times that toledo is only going to score 13 points there's just no way that literally might have been toledo's worst game of the year and and it and they almost got beat Toledo survives the Ball State scare, thirteen to six. And Tracy, you take it away first on this one. So, what, what my first thought after a couple of series of this game was: Am I watching Toledo or am I watching Iowa? Because this <laughs> was just this was awful. Like they were pounding the ball on the ground, but that was about it. I mean, they got very lucky that this week Ball State was starting a, you know, their quarterback, this was his very first start. So he was sloppy, four for 16, you know, with an interception. But Toledo should have lost this game. This was it. With one minute left in the game, uh, what uh, 
can't remember the Ball State wide receiver his name, but he got wide open on a wheel route. All of the defenders were 10 yards behind him. Kelly, the Ball State QB, threw best pass of the game, hit him right in his hands, right in his hands, and he just dropped it. Like, I, I don't know. He must have been seeing the goal line or something, but yeah, if he catches that pass, he's gone. He's all the way down the field, touchdown. Game is tied with a minute left, so we're probably looking at overtime. I don't know that Toledo would have been able to pull it off with how they'd play this game. It, they just they squeaked out this win. Hey, you know? I, I was going to say college overtime compared to the NFL, it, it's the most even playing overtime there is. Because yep. if you give an offense like Ball State's offense, who Kyle Kelly, like you said, four for 16, 25%. He only threw for 38 yards the whole game. He threw for less mm-hmm. than 10 yards a quarter. If you start that offense on the 25, they're going to get a field goal no matter what. So literally, it's all you tell them is just, hey, just don't turn the ball over. You know, just run, we'll get three points. And their defense will stop Toledo. And so mm-hmm. I agree with you. If this game would have gone to overtime, I bet Ball State would have won. Vinci, take it away. You know, uh, it just seems like and. I'm not to get ahead of ourselves, but it just seems like Toledo's sleep been sleepwalking for a while. Um, you know, they they played a tough game against Illinois, a game they, they should have probably won. But since then, I mean they really haven't been haven't they haven't come into a game where they expected to be tested in a way. Um because they obviously got tested against NIU and Ball State. But I think going into those games, we didn't expect those to be particularly close. Um, you know, when I look at when I look at their team, I'm still high on Toledo. But in terms of like they're they're in for a hell of a hell of a game this week. I mean, yeah. um, and you know, when I look at the roster, you know, DeQuan Finn's been that been. been playing quarterback there. I think he's been starting for, he's been there for five years. Uh, and he started three of those years. Um, Penny Boom, he's a fifth year guy, uh, w- transfer from uh, Maryland. Uh, and then on defense, Dallas Gant, sixth year from Ohio State. Josh Culpepper, fifth year from Penn State. Like They got a bunch of Big Ten transfers who have played football a long time. You just kind of expect more out of this team at this point. Um, in terms of being like the favorite for the MAC, I I would put them at two right now. I um I I agree with that. I mean, Miami of Ohio clearly showed that they can go in and come out and take care of business every single day. And I think this game, you know, I think Toledo sleptwalk again, like you said. And I think they were looking looking ahead to this week's game against yeah. Miami. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then I I. I just, I think that whether it's next week or against Eastern or against Central, they're going to drop a game here. I agree. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think I would, I'd pick them to drop one, maybe two, but I, I just don't know if this is going to be the team that comes out of the West alive. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, this week's, like I said, we'll do it in the previews, but this week's game is going to dictate everything. I think it dictates yeah, the whole absolutely. year in the MAC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, game four, 
was the game of the week that didn't really live up to the expectation as Buff- Buffalo ship has officially sunk. And I really wish Connor was on so uh, he could, you know, live with his regret of back in Buffalo. You know, they had to win this one to make a bowl game, and they didn't. Buffalo season is all but done and kind of a disaster of a season. However, Bowling Green just saved their sinking ship, and they still have an outside shot of making a bowl game. Bowling Green wins 24-14 in another ugly, uh, ugly game. Uh, Connor Bazelak didn't start. It was uh, Colton Orth or whatever. He started. And I think the biggest takeaway in this game, guys, is Buffalo needs to fix their field. Yes, it, that's, yeah. it's your Division One program in the G5. You don't need freaking lacrosse lines. I get it's I get it's the Northeast Coast. I mean, maybe they can uh, some of the they're not uh, playing baseball right now because uh, all that the Red Sox and the Yankees didn't make it, and the AL East teams <laughs> what the bad. Uh, all right, they're probably Phillies so, fans over there too. You know, I still believe in Mo Linguist, but I think he's I think he's gone a little too heavy in the transfer portal, um, and it's kind because of, really with, with the portal, it used to supplement your team, your roster. You can't go into it full on go. I think Colorado proved that last week. Uh, Michigan State's proven that. I think you gotta, you really gotta build your team through recruiting and then just supplement it. Um, Bowling Green. I mean, um, I know their coaching staff was they were on the hot seat, uh, but it was getting a little warm. I know in the off season. Um, I don't know what's going on with Basilak. Because, uh, like, he's out every other game, but you know, he just sucks. Yeah, not, yeah, y- you said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> not saying I don't believe that too, but um, you know, I think with Bowling Green, it's weird because they, they, they play a hell of a game one week and then the next week they just don't show up. And that trend's been going on since the Michigan game. So, you know, like looking at their schedule. They have a great shot to go uh, seven and five. Um, they should be favored in three, three or four out of the last five. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they how they play the next next three weeks because they should win all three of those. But yeah, I, I think I think this this week up here it really dictates them. Tracy, your thoughts? Well, yeah, Buffalo Buffalo's done. Was well, they, they're. <laughs> I don't know that they can even squeak into a bowl game at this point. They just look terrible. Was it Cole Snyder went down in the second half and didn't play the rest of the game? So, you know, if he's also going to be out the rest of the year, it, I they may not win another game the rest of the season. It's just bad. They may not and, even win one with him. Yeah, even yeah, even with him, they'd need some luck, but without him it's over. The second half in this game was one of the ugliest halves I've ever seen. It w- it was pretty much turnover after turnover after turnover every drive. It it both They didn't want to win. Terrible. They didn't no, want to win. <laughs> they did not like I Bowling Green, you know, they snuck out. They're yeah, as Benji said, I don't know what the hell is up with them. They are incredibly inconsistent. But they, you know, they got the win. They got a nice, easy schedule. They should be able to pick up three more to become bowl eligible. So their season, at least, is still looking good. Buffalo, 
Buff, you you can just go to the showers. It's over. You, you don't even show up for these I mean, last few games. Buffalo still has Miami of Ohio and Ohio to play, and you can't tell me after what you saw this past week that they can beat either of them, let alone even compete with them. And they have oh. to pretty much win out to make a bowl game. So yeah, oh, yeah. and they also still have Toledo. Like, oh yeah, I forgot they here, have Toledo too. Yeah, it, they may may win against Kent next week, but that would be it. That. That would be their only win the rest of the season. I mean, who knows, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like with how they've been playing. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But I, like I said, the biggest takeaway is they got to fix their field. <laughs> um, yeah, it, ugly, ugly. Game five, you know, was all about my new Mac favorites, Miami of Ohio, showing that they are the cream of the crop and that they should be the favorite. They went on the road to Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo and ruined the Broncos' homecoming 34-21. Guys, this offense is elite by max standards, and I'm shocked Western was able to score as many points as they did. But like I said, the Red Hawks are my new favorite. And I want to mention one thing. You know, we mentioned Brett Gabbard earlier for not leaving, and I'm glad he didn't leave. You mm-hmm. guys know he was snubbed on the preseason all Mac quarterbacks. It was Cole Snyder, it was um Kenny Rourke from Ohio, and it was um uh Daquan Finn from Toledo. There's no Brett Gabbard. And Brett Gabbard's probably been the best quarterback in the MAC this year. Oh yeah, yeah, he, without a doubt, he's probably been the best player in the MAC this year. If there was a MAC Heisman, it probably should go to Brett Gabbard. And there's no way you can tell me that he didn't see those preseason uh, rankings and didn't see him there, and he didn't take that to heart. Because I would have. Yeah, and you know he was getting recruited. I know Missouri was coming after him in the off season. So there had to have been other other Power Five schools coming after him. Um, I think, and he was the quarterback, I believe, when Miami won the MAC in 2019 against us. Correct. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he was. That was his first yeah. year starting. I don't know how you could put Cole Snyder there above Brett Gabbert. So I know Quan Finn and Curtis Rourke both have a say there, but. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Tracy. Yeah, Brett Gabbert was fantastic this game. Two touchdowns throwing, two touchdowns rushing. When they needed him to step up in this absolutely horrendous weather, he he showed up. He looked incredible. Uh, there, yeah, if if they beat Toledo next week, which after seeing the games this, they should, they're going to they're probably going to win the Mac and with them being six and one, you know, if they go undefeated, they have potential to sneak in to the top 25 at the end of the year. Yeah. Somewhere. And so, yeah, they Miami of Ohio, fantastic game. The defense took its foot off the pedal a little bit at the end, just because, you know, they had dominated. So, you know, don't do that. (laughs) Closer games is really the only negative. And then with Western Michigan, Western, they, they have a QB problem. They, once again, they played multiple QBs in this game. You had Borgett start the game, and he got pulled in the after the first half, and they threw Wolf out there for the second. The offense did look much better under Wolf. I, you know, I think that if they want to have a starter the rest of the year, which they really should. He'd probably be the better option. He has a little more experience coming from, was it old dominion where he started? Yeah. But 
whatever it is, Western, they need to figure out who their QB is because we are more than halfway through the season now. And they're playing multiple QBs every game. These guys are going to be here for the next year, too. So if you don't decide, this is probably going to be an issue also next year and all throughout the offseason. So at this point, they just have to pick one and throw them out here for the last five games. So, so I absolutely that's, agree. I absolutely agree with that. Well, I, I was going to say, I seem, that seems to be a very Mac thing, though, if you think about yes. it. Yes, so, and mm-hmm. again, you're right. I was because- Western did it. You know, Bowling Green is kind of doing it. Um who else? I'm trying to think of. You know, Ball State is doing yep. it. NIU did it earlier this season. So I mean, you know, CMU, ha- CMU, you know, chose it on week three or sorry, week four, and has gone with it. And you know, mm-hmm. they've gone three and one since then. But it, 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 so yes, they did play better with Hayden Wolf. My only issue is Tracy is that Tracy Borgay is a freshman. Right, yeah. you know, so he's yeah. very young. You still maybe have two, three more years with him, right? Hayden Wolf's a junior, transfer junior, so you m- maybe have one more year of him, at yeah. best, maybe. So it's one of those: do you start the freshman, let him go through the ups and downs of the whole season, get him ready for sophomore and junior year, or do you ride with Hayden Wolf and then go all in next year, and then try to pick up a transfer quarterback? I don't know. It's, I think the problem going with the freshmen is when they're when they struggle, you don't know if they have any something to fall back on, uh, which can ruin their development, uh, ruin their confidence. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, but I, I but I but I I think at this point you should should know the answer to that, and they should have some sort of a a base. Uh, that you could feel comfortable with throwing the freshman out and just building for the rest of the year. Yeah, and and that's and I guess I look at a lot of these like roster builds, kind of like uh, you know two K, where you mm-hmm. want to get your you want to get your rookies playing time so they can get you know they can develop more. And I guess that's the way I look at everything because the best way you can develop someone is playing time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, so, and that's the reason why to, they need to decide now because I said. You're right, Wolf, he's probably only going to have one more year after this, but he's still going to be there next year. So, if you he's the guy, you got to you got to make the decision now if Borgette, if you're going to go with the rookie, the go with the either way, just tell one of these guys, you're our starter the last 5 games, we're keeping you out there. Let them get some snaps and get ready for next year because this season is, you know, they're not probably going to do anything the rest of the year but either way you you just got to give one of these guys the opportunity and get them prepared for your year next yeah, yeah. and i thought i i i think we're expecting them to be similar on a similar path as kent state going yeah. into yes. the year and i mm-hmm. think record wise very similar but i think they're a little they're a step above okay. uh, um they've scored they've been able to score points they have no like defense. It's, it's it's almost a complete opposite of Kent State, where you know yeah. they can score, but they can't play defense. While Kent State can actually play a little bit of defense, but just can't score. Yeah, yep. but you know, but with starting finding your, they need to find their quarterback because they could absolutely contend for a bowl game next year. For sure, and, and that's, your, that's your goal in year two. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the final and game also, we're going to re- go on. And one more thing about Miami. Um, you know, 
I was I was I was watching um the Cincinnati Iowa State game, and man, you know that game was so huge for Miami, and it was so detrimental to Cincinnati. I mean, they look horrible. They've lost four straight since that Miami loss. Um, and shows just, you where shows you how the season can turn from one game. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's why I feel really good about Miami. Um, when you beat your rival like that, who you haven't beaten in years, it's you, a hell of a confidence for you're sure. Playing, you're playing with house money pretty yes. much after that. I mean, it's a successful season. That if they if they go two and ten, one and eleven, they beat Cincinnati. They think it's a successful season. Absolutely. It, look at them now. You know they're six and one beating Cincinnati. Uh, the final game of the recap. It's probably the most shocking game of the week by far. NIU pulled off the upset to beat the Ohio Bobcats twenty three thirteen, and just another ugly game, guys. You know NIU made the right second half adjust- adjustments, shutting out Ohio and holding work to under two hundred yards and forcing them to three interceptions. You know NIU didn't commit any turnovers, and that's how you win games as an underdog. Keep your game clean, establish the run, play good defense. That's how you'll win. At- Every single game is an underdog, and that's what NIU did. And Benji, you know, I'm a, before you jump in, I just want to say you have to say this team has come a long ways from SIU week two to now. Yeah, I'll, uh, uh, they deserve absolutely deserve credit for the last two weeks. Um, so I'm going to give them credit. I think this – I wrote down that this was a typical Rocky Lombardi upset went out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean – I've been there before. I mean, he's – I credit to them. Do I think that they are suddenly a good team now? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to – I don't think – it's just – it's tough because they've had three good weeks, but they did lose to SIU at home, 14-11. to 11. A week after they went on the road and beat Boston College in overtime, I and they laid a stinker against Nebraska, where they didn't just they just didn't show up. Um, Tracy, yeah, I think that SIU and Nebraska game back to back that may have woken them up a little bit and got them playing because yeah, since then they've looked a lot better, you know. In this game, they had some big explosive runs at certain parts of the game. Like, was it uh, Gavin Williams, you know, took one off for 53 yards at some point. And, yeah, all the other rushers had double-digit runs at some point in this game. So they were able to move on the ground when they wanted to, you know. And, uh, yeah, as for work, this was a windy game. Listening to the announcers, they were saying it could it sometimes got up to 35 miles per hour down on the field. So yeah, the, you know, QB's work did not look accurate. The fourth quarter was absolutely terrible. Those interceptions, the third one wasn't so bad, bad, but those first two were, those first two were bad. Yeah. They were were terrible. They were like Desmond Ritter level bad. Yeah, I, I I don't know where he was looking, but it was a thing. And Rocky Lombardi, he played great. Was it you know, he was fifteen for twenty three, but it should have been eighteen for twenty three because NIU had some bad drops. And so you know it, it yeah they 
you know, NIU has just kind of woken up since those terrible games. I think, you know, they're, they still have their season going forward. They have a pretty good shot to become bowl eligible, especially these, you know, final three games. Yeah. They have, it looks real good for them. So they have their momentum going and Ohio, Ohio, Ohio needs to figure things out because they're about done. You know, they'll play Miami of Ohio in two weeks and they have to win that game. It's the only way they can make it to the Mac championship. They have to win. So I don't know what they need to do in between now and then, but they have to figure it out. I, I and, will, I will yeah. say that they got a very nice, uh, you, I guess you can call it a tune-up game this week against Western, right? Like yeah. if, there's a, mm-hmm. if, if there's three opponents you want to play before you play Miami of Ohio, it's Western, Kent State, Akron. Those are your three. And they got one of the three. And so, you know, we're going to talk more about it in the preview, but I think that that game is actually really, really imp- more important for Ohio than Western because yeah. Ohio needs to get stuff right. You're exactly right. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And also, I did find out a fun fact of Ohio just for Benji, because I know he loves this guy. Benji, do you know what Titsworth number is? Oh, yeah, he knows he's he's got Parker Titsworth. What is, oh, yeah, what is baby. Titsworth's number? Do you know? 69. Nice. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was great. Great name, yeah. great number. You know, Parker's going to have these boys. Drafts. Parker's going to mm-hmm. get these boys on the right draft. He needs to. Yep. He needs yeah. to. But, you know, that'll do it for uh, for the recaps. We're going to jump right into the previews. we got some great matchups this week, but, there, you know, there's all eyes are on one matchup, but we're going to save that for last. First game we're going to preview is, you know, the team that we left off with, and it's Western versus Ohio Bobcats, live from Athens, Ohio at noon. Like I said earlier, this has to be a bounce-back game for Ohio. It just has to be. You know, Western knows Western now knows what it takes to beat Ohio. You know, Ohio's a 16-point favorite, over-under is 51.5. You know, I think Ohio does take care of business, but I think Western covers, guys. You know, Western, the past two games, has two double-digit double digit point spreads, both on the road. They've covered each one of them. You know, they covered against Mississippi State, and they covered against Toledo. I think they cover this one. Like, I, you know, after this past week, Tracy, I, like, how can you tell me that Ohio is a 16-point favorite over Western. How can you tell me that? I don't. I don't think you can. I, yeah, because Western's offense, yeah, has looked great. You know, QB, as we talked about, needs to get fixed, but they put up points. And Ohio, they they're just not playing well lately. They they have just, it, yeah, it was ugly. And you know, 16 points is just too much. Maybe if you were between 10 to 12 I maybe bite but with 16 no I'm taking western all day and uh I agree. yeah Ohio they need to bounce back right here right now if they want to keep going this season Benji Yeah yeah um this one was tough because because I feel like the 17 is is like in the middle here between you know I think this game Ohio's gonna win comfortably but at the same time I just I, I I'm going WMU plus 17 I feel like it's just a toss up it could go really either way 
Um, I would kind of probably stay away from that one. In yeah. Terms of bets. I probably uh, I probably would too. But I I will say this, uh, and then we'll move on. But if Ohio doesn't cover this sixteen seventeen against you know not a good Western team, they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a mm-hmm. lot of trouble. Uh, they're not as good as we thought they were, and we're not going to let them off the hook. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Ohio needs to cover this for their own sake and for the sake of them saying that they are the best in the MAC again. But like I said, I don't think they will. Um, game two is a MAC Ohio matchup between Bowling Green and Akron. Bowling Green is an eight and a half point favorite against Akron. Over under is forty point five. And you know what? I th- I think Akron covers. You know, and, and I know it's shocking for me to say that because I've been almost anti-Akron all year. But, you know, Connor brought it up last week's episode. Tracy, you brought it up earlier in this episode. You never know what Bowling Green team you're going to get. Each mm-hmm. week it is something different, and last week they played great to beat Buffalo. So I'm taking the negative aggression here, and they will struggle with Akron. You know, also Akron, Benji, Akron has the better head coach, and I think they'll come out ready for this game. And I also like the under. I could see it, you know, being 20, 20 to 14. You know, I could see it being 24-17. Um, it's not... You know, I I just I, I can't trust Bowling Green. I don't know what team they're getting. It's going to show up this weekend. You don't. Yeah, uh, this was another one where you know I I didn't like the spread. I I'm I'm going over thirty nine and a half for my best bet, but I want to I want to I want to go with Akron here because I think that they're. You know, Joe Moore has a great coach, a really solid coach. He got screwed at Mississippi State. I think they're going to pull one off on one of these. I think they're going to go 39 to end the year. Um, Again, as long as it's not four wins. Yes. And, you know, I'm, with Bowling Green, they've, they play a great game. They play a bad game. Uh, and this would fall in the, the bad game. You know, it is at home. I'd probably stick with Bowling Green, um, but don't be shocked if Akron pulls the upset. But I would, I would go with Bowling Green here. Tracy, yeah, uh, you know Akron. Out of their seven games this year, five of them have been one-score games, and the two that weren't, one of them was against Kentucky. You know, SEC team. So Akron plays close tough football games i yeah i would not i would stay away from that spread just stay away i think that yeah the over should be safe i think yeah both they'll combine for over was it 39 or 40 they should be able to do that but yeah you just stay away from that spread bowling green is the definition of inconsistent and akron they're they may be losing, but these are not blowout losses. I yeah, I not comfortable at all with that spread. Well, outside the uh, NIU game where they got yeah. blasted by fifty five, but yeah, yeah, it's. I agree. Like I said, you know, Akron Akron is better than their record. They they went to D, DJ under or sorry not DJ, but they went to um, under Cuffler against CMU, and I think that offense played much better underneath him, yeah. and. Again, it's just it's it, this whole game is just pretty much Bowling Green is going to play bad. 
is what we're expecting because again it's up down up down and last week was up and this week's going to be down now if it's up now if they win this game and they cover easily then that shows you how bad buffalo is because they they were down last week then against buffalo and then they were up this week um you know game three we're gonna jump there now uh great mac west matchup between the huskies and eagles i have a question for you guys which animal would win in real life a husky or an eagle in a fight an eagle uh yeah i've i've actually seen this happen eagle wins oh okay (laughs) okay yeah eagles they they dive bomb and yeah huskies yeah i They've occasionally snuck away a husky pup once in a while. Wow. So, yeah. So, man, bald eagles are, they're vicious. Stay away, huskies. Stay away. <laughs> I, I think I think in this game, though, the huskies are going to win. Um, but there's no way that they're an 11 and a half point favorite over Eastern. I don't understand this line at all. Uh, you know, I know they just had a massive win against Ohio. But Eastern is not bad. Like, like, I mean, Eastern isn't good, but Eastern isn't bad. And, and, you know, Vegas is really propping up NIU here. NIU, like, you're really telling me this NIU team's an 11.5 point favorite over Eastern? There's no way. There's no way I see that. You know, I still think NIU wins. I do think NIU wins. But the way Eastern plays, you know, where they can try – where they – Tracy, you say it. You said it in the recap. They run the ball no matter what. Even if it doesn't yep. work, they run the ball. And that's how you shorten games. And they have a good defense, and that's how you shorten these games, and that's how they're going to cover the 11.5. NIU still wins, but Eastern definitely covers. Tracy? Yeah. They're, yeah, Eastern, they are kind of the Iowa of the Mac. They just love running the football and love taking that time off the clock. It's, you know, I... NIU has looked a lot better lately. But East Eastern, you know, they've struggled a little, but they're still four and three, you know, and their only loss in the MAC was to CMU by three points. So you know, they kept it close. I, yeah, I would definitely not go with the eleven and a half. I'd go with the plus, but. Man, yeah, e- even though the Eagles, even though they're struggling, this should not be an 11 and a half. That, that's just ridiculous. Agreed. Benji? I'm going EMU uh, morning line plus 340. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, that's my lock of the week. down. This man I already, is... I already bet it. This, this man is so anti-Rocky Lombardi. He's going to mm-hmm. just... It's it, it's comical, but tell us why, Benji. It, I just, you know, NIU is so inconsistent. You know, they they had a big win against Boston College. They followed up with the stinker. Won the MAC uh, when they were not... They got lucky against CMU and... Uh, if it, CMU would have had to play them in the MAC championship game back in 2021, CMU would have smoked it by four touchdowns. I'm just saying how it is. I'm. I think Eastern's going to come in there. You know they're they're already being disrespected, and they're going to punch them in the mouth. They're going to control the clock, and they're going to come out with the win. Love I it. Just, hey, hey, I hope you're right, man. Because I, you know, if Eastern wins this game, Benji, that means that. 
you know, that game next week against Western is even more important because they've only got one Mac loss. And if they run the table, you know, that matchup against Toledo is vitally important, especially, I mean, this week is setting up to be a massive, massive week because if Toledo loses, Eastern wins, CMU wins, you now have a three-way tie at the top for first place between Toledo, Eastern, and, and Central. And and then everything's wide open. You know, the last four games, the last two, three games are all matching games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and anything can happen there. Um, yeah. I would love just, to see this upset. You, Go on. You know, it's, it's, it's just looking at the divisions, it's kind of stupid that we still have divisions um, because the West is clearly is like the big time East essentially where it's it's clearly leaps and bounds better than the the east out of uh, outside of ohio and uh miami, miami ohio. Uh, yeah like heck buffalo is in second place <laughs> yeah. that's so sad that's so sad but you know like i said i i would take that 11 and a half for eastern game four is the one that we care about the most it's CMU going against Ball State in Muncie. CMU is only a four and a half point favorite in this game. Over under is forty three and a half. You know, I guys, I have no idea what to do in this game. You know, I think CMU might win, is going to win twenty four twenty, which is bang on with the over under and the spread. Uh, Ball State played their best game of the season last week on defense, and I just. It's going to be a battle for CMU. This is not going to be a cakewalk game that we thought it was two weeks ago. It's, it's I I don't know. I guess I just I don't know what to think of this game. I hope CMU wins. I think they're going to win, but it wouldn't shock me if Ball State wins this game. Benji, I I I'm not confident, but in a way, I feel pretty good about CMU at least covering in this game. Um, I think it it's not going to be going and be a blowout or anything like that. I think it'll be a close closer game and CMU will win like 28-21 or something like that. Um I think after that Buffalo loss, I think they we kind of got that game out of our system because that game's going to was going to come at some point. Um and I think this team knows, you know, you win this game you get a 10-day break, and then you get you have NIU at home um, on Halloween for action. Then you have a rivalry game with with Western for the victory cannon, um, getting revenge for last year, and then you're in a two-game uh, two-game playoff basically for the the Mac West division title. So, Tracy. Um, yeah, I'd feel good about taking the CMU money line. I don't know about the spread, but I think really, I think a lot of what this game is going to come down to is how often is Jace Bauer going to turn over the football? Because if he plays like he has the last couple weeks, it's going to be real close. I, and yeah, was it you said 24 20? I, yeah, I think that, yeah, if he's turning the ball over. It's going to be something like that. I think if he keeps it clean, doesn't throw picks, we could win. You know, maybe it will be closer to 31 to 20. But 
it, it, yeah, I with the way he's playing lately, I'm not confident saying he isn't going to turn the ball over. So I, yeah, I would stay away from the spread. CMU, yeah, they should win. This is a, they should win this game. So I'd feel comfortable taking their money line and the over. But uh, yeah, I I would, I would not take that spread for either team. The only problem I have with the over is I don't know if Ball State can score Mm. after last week, you know, like their quarterback only you know, made 25% of his completions. You know, if I'm CMU, I'm putting eight in the box. And the only way they beat me is by is by throwing the ball. And we saw he couldn't do that last week. Granted, Toledo, you know, Toledo's defense is supposed to be the best in the MAC, But mm-hmm. it's, yeah. you take what you see. And so if I'm CMU, like I said, I'm putting eight, nine in the box. I'm making sure I'm playing press coverage on the outside. And I'm mm-hmm. getting to the quarterback. And yeah. they're gonna have to beat me running the ball. So I don't know about the over, but that, that but that point total is still so low for me, you know. So it's it's a lot like the uh, <laughs> it's a lot like the game earlier we talked about um, that had the forty point over under, and I was like, I am not touching that one either. It's just the uh, Bowling Green Akron, like that's forty points. That's just so low. So. That's yeah. Let's hope our Chippewas can do it. They need to do it. You know, we need two more wins to be bowl eligible, and then that'll be a successful season, really. But game five is a MAC East matchup of the bottom three teams, or uh, two of the three bottom three teams of that division with Buffalo versus Kent State. You know, not much to say here outside that Buffalo should win this easily, but who knows with that team, guys? Buffalo is a touchdown favorite against the Golden Flashes, and the over under is forty six. If I would have to choose, I would choose the under just because I don't trust Buffalo's offense. And, you know, Kent State can't score either. So I could see it being a lot like last week where it's 24-14 for Buffalo or, you know, 21-14. Like, literally the only way Buffalo can score is if the other offense gives them the ball. Like, you look against CMU, they got 24 points from turnovers. And Kent State doesn't really turn the ball over much. So I can see this being a very low-scoring game, guys. I I don't know if Buffalo is going to cover. Like, this team is just such a disaster from what it could be. Tracy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm that 44-and-a-half, I'm, I'm taking the under. Uh, Kent State's defense is incredible. Buffalo's offense was terrible with Cole Snyder. Without him, it, it's not getting any prettier. So I yeah I I don't think there's going to be much scoring in this game, and actually you know Kent may be able to pull off the upset in this game. Oh, like, is that your lock? Yeah, I think I think wow. it just because yeah if you know if Buffalo the only reason they won those two games was because Cole Snyder without him man yeah I don't know and Kent State yeah they you know it hasn't looked pretty this year but they played tough. The defense is good, and so I think that it, if they ever had a chance to sneak out an upset in the MAC games, this is it. This is the one where they could pull it off. So I would, yeah, I would, I would take Kent State plus seven and the under. You know, Benji. Yeah, I got Tracy. You kind of talked me into to Kent State plus seven. Uh, I don't know if I can take them though. I 
Just Buffalo has does have talent on their roster. Believe it or not, um, I'm just I gotta go Buffalo minus seven. I think they're gonna get the win here. Probably the only game they're gonna win the rest of the year. But yeah, it's that's for you, Connor. Yeah, you're not here, (laughs) but. Uh, who knows, man? I wish Connor was here to go against Tracy and you know pro Buffalo versus anti Buffalo. But Buffalo, regardless of whatever side you're on, they've played some really bad football this year, and they have not lived up to expectations. But this next game, guys, the final game is going to oh, be a baby. game that's going to live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this game for about two, three weeks now. Ever since Miami of Ohio won the victory bell. You have Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Live from Oxford, Ohio. By far the biggest game of the year in the MAC. Uh, I mean, there will be bigger games, you know, obviously after this result. But it opens up as it opened up as a straight pick'em. It has now moved to Toledo minus one and a half. So Miami of Ohio is plus money. Over under is fifty. Uh, guys, I'm just so excited for this. I, I think I'm going to just stop watching the Simi Ball State game just so I can watch this heavyweight matchup. This is literally like Stone Cold versus The Rock, Cena versus Edge, Clemson versus Bama, whatever historic matchup you want to think of, because that's how big this game is for the MAC. Both teams are going to score. Both teams can score. Both teams can play defense. You're going to see the best of everything in this game. You're going to see the best of what the MAC has to offer. You got two of the best quarterbacks in the MAC going at it, going at it. Got two of the best defenses. You know, I like the over, and I like Miami of Ohio to stay undefeated, guys. Uh, Jaeger Stadium is going to be sold out, most likely. By far the biggest game Miami of Ohio has hosted in conference play in years. And give me the Red Hawks. They are just, you know, we talked over earlier. They beat Cincinnati. This team has got, they're playing with house money. Toledo's got all the pressure in the world. You know, we talked to earlier episodes. Toledo has to make the MAC championship game, otherwise, it's a failed season. Miami of Ohio has already won their season. They could literally lose out, and they've had a great season. To- Miami of Ohio literally has nothing to like truly play for, any more to play for, and they're gonna come out there and they're gonna let it loose, and they're gonna win this game, guys. Benji, I want to hear what you got. So, is this is this technically considered a rivalry game? I don't no, think so. But it should be the Battle of I-75 Part 2. Yes. <laughs> two Ohio schools. The two, two, the two MAC programs out of Ohio. Uh, I think historically that are probably two of the better programs in the MAC. Um, not, nothing against Ohio, but, you know, we got the cradle coaches. I'm curious. I bet Big Ben will be there on the sidelines pumping up Brett uh, Gabbert. Uh, that would actually be electric. So it would um, be. You know, I I I love both these teams. I can't see Miami losing this game at home. I just can't. Uh, as good as Toledo is, I know Toledo. Toledo has a lot of guys that I think we're gonna see be day three draft picks or undrafted free agents that make rosters. Um. With Penny Boone, Daquan Finn, um, Chijuan, the receiver, and um, Dallas Gant, Quinion Mitchell, even Judge. Um, God, they're deep, but I, I can't. I'm going. I have to go with Miami here. I think that Cincinnati game. 
is huge. And I, I, it's hard for me to see a game that they are going to lose the rest of the way. So, Crazy. I'm going plus one and a half, Miami. Just take the money line at that case. Well, when I looked earlier, it was... I mean, it would be, I would say it'd be plus money. Yeah. Tracy. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Miami of Ohio, they're going to win this game. Maybe if it was a home game for Toledo, they might be able to pull this off. But yeah, playing down at Jaeger stadium in Oxford, you know, they've Miami of Ohio has looked impressive lately. Toledo is coming off one of their worst games this season. And Brett Gabbert has just been on fire. I I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. I think Miami of Ohio is going to pull it off in the end. And this is also, this game is the max, the winner of this is the max best chance of having a ranked team. Agreed. So, you know, whoever wins, this is it. And I think, yeah, Miami of Ohio. Just and, and you know, and for the, I was saying for the sake of you know for us being biased as CMU, I really want Miami of Ohio to win so we can cheer for Miami of Ohio the rest of the year until the MAC championship game. Because if, if it's Toledo, then it's like okay, we have to cheer against them because we want CMU to make it. And then it's like once CMU gets enough losses, then it's like okay, Toledo, you can win out. In this case, it's like no, I want Miami of Ohio to win. That way, Toledo. Well, not only that. But, you know, if Miami of Ohio wins, then the MAC West is wide open because mm-hmm. Toledo loses one more game. They're probably not in the MAC championship because if they lose to, not- if they lose to Eastern, if they lose to CMU, I don't know who's going to, you know, I don't know if CMU is going to have more than two MAC losses. You know, I don't know if Eastern is either. So, yeah, you know, because um, they looking at Toledo's schedule, they play Eastern uh, two weeks after. Uh, in two weeks, and then they play Central two weeks uh, following the end of the year. You know, they really, this take an L right here would really help CMU and Eastern. Um, I think I think that Mac West, if I had to predict right now, and this is biased, obviously, but I think it's going to come down to Toledo at CMU on Black Friday in front of no fans. We might be there if, it's that, if that's the case. Yeah. We might have to go there. 12 p.m. kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, kudos to the Mac for having this game on a Saturday. Yes. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly believe that CMU against Western should be to this weekend. Um, I hope in the future that it will be. Disagree. I, I, I disagree with that. I think CMU Western should be whatever weekend MSU and Michigan have a bye week. So, like, you know how Michigan and Michigan State play this weekend? CMU Western should not be this weekend. CMU, CMU Western should be, like, should, so what? So how Western is playing Eastern next weekend and we're going to that game? That should be CMU versus Western. You want to maximize your fan base by not having another car a key marquee in-state matchup going against you. And you also don't want really Michigan state or Michigan to have 
a game going on at the time. Because unfortunately, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year that drives away fans from CMU and Western because they go to the biggest school and party and have more and have you know what they think is more fun. So yeah. so that's why I'm saying like I hope next year the MAC waits to see what weekend Michigan or Michigan State play and then what weekends they have as bye weeks and that's when they do the Western CMU yeah. game. I'm mostly talking about just it being on a Saturday. Agree with that. I mean, yes. Um, and if they were going to do it like a weekend, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, I think if you did it on a Thursday or Friday and then going into that Michigan, Michigan State game on Saturday, I think that would work out pretty cool. Uh, that but, would. That would indeed. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, that'll do it for the recaps. But before we go, we want Tracy to take part of our Where Are They Now segment. Tracy, who do you have for us this week? So for this week, I went way, way, way back and picked a man by the name of Gary Philbin. He was a four-year starter. Can for you the spell that Buffalo. for us? Yeah, uh, G-E-R-R-Y-P-H-I-L-B-I-N. Gary Philbin, so, okay. Yep, yeah. Who was that? He was a uh, four-year defensive end for the Buffalo Bulls, and was he was drafted in the AFL by the Jets and the NFL by the Lions, both in the third round. He decided to go to the Jets. Good choice. He, yep, he was a all-AFL player. He was still on the Jets when they transitioned to the NFL and was a defensive stud for the Jets when they had their only good year in history and won Super Bowl three. After retiring the a couple years later, Philbin went on to own a landfill business in Long Island. <laughs> and waste, he, uh, waste management business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he worked on that for uh, decades before selling his company and retiring down to Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, to enjoy life with his kids and grandkids, where he still resides today. So, you know, that's good old it. Gary Philbin. Yep. Way to uh, snub the Lions also. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, honestly, that was probably a great career choice because if he went to the Lions, we probably wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, most likely. So, yeah. you, you know, I, I, I find it kind of fascinating that like in the definitely pre-merger NFL and then like really up until like the 1980s, NFL put players they would they played in the NFL but in the off seasons they had to work like full time jobs as like CPAs and mm-hmm. like just regular because they didn't make enough money. Yeah. Now it's now you look, at it, you look at it today and they're just filthy, filthy generational rich. I mean, you look at Dylan Brooks in the NBA getting forty mil a year. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And Come like on. these guys a lot of these guys that played back and uh even back then they got a nice little pen- pension from the NFL. About time. So, yeah, yeah right? about time. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Tracy, for coming in, filling thank in you, the Tracy. shoes. Thank you yep. for filling Congrats. in the shoes of Connor. Oh, good, yeah, it was good, fun. Good. Yeah. Congrats on the fantasy win over oh, me this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just a wonderful win. And oh, uh, quick shout out, Brandon Peely, first uh alaskan football player to be on an nfl roster in almost a decade go dolphins okay. let's get let's see him get a ring okay 
Uh, I, hey, the, the more you know every episode, I'm telling you, every episode you'll find out something new about football that you won't know. For example, the backup kicker for CMU's from Alaska. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. I had no <laughs> idea because our kicker's just too good. Well, he's just not going to get benched. Even if he, you know, if they didn't bench uh, what's-his-face last year for all his missed kicks, they ain't going to bench this guy either. Yep. Um, but that's going to be it. Uh, thank you again everyone for listening and I hope everyone has a great week.